Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's It's the the Arner Adventures Adventures Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Jerry. And I'm Shannon. Betty White is snuggled in her pita beside us, and we are back for episode 46 of the Arner Adventures podcast. Today, we have a Spark in Our Lives episode who is breaking the mold with all she's doing and will help you break the mold in your own life. Before we get to our guest, let's tell you about our episode sponsor, Southern Oak Artisan. Southern Oak Artisan is our go-to for candles. Why? Because Southern Oak Artisan candles are 100% natural soy, the only kind we have in our home. That's right. And as we're approaching the holiday season, we would like to remind you that candles make great gifts. These are sustainable, bring joy, and are eco-friendly. These gifts aren't going to get tossed aside. They're actually going to be used and enjoyed. They're consumables. We love that as gifts. Oh my gosh, right down our alley. Southern Oak Artisan has really great scents to choose from only made from the highest quality ingredients so they aren't toxic like a lot of candles are. And we have a discount code for you too. You can go to southernoakartisan.com and use code ADVENTURE for 10% off of your candle order. We'll link it for you in the show notes. We just love Southern Oak Artisan and know that you will too. And you know who else you're going to love? Our guest today. Our guest is Lindsay Lerner. Lindsay created The Cost of the Status Quo. She helps you to examine the impact of living your life, both professionally and personally, according to societal norms and the transformative power that breaking the mold can have on your life. This was such an impactful conversation. I just adored it. Are you ready to get to it? Oh, let's get to it. Well, today's guest is someone who we really resonate with, who embodies the term spark in our lives with her journey. We can't wait to introduce you to her. Our guest is Lindsay Lerner. Lindsay is a founder and business development expert with a passion for community building and social entrepreneurship. She founded her first company while still in college and is now a veteran of the startup world. She's often called a human Swiss army knife by friends and colleagues. Lindsay excels at developing partnerships, brand alliances, and collaborative efforts. Lindsay lives and runs her business by the principle that art is a business and business is an art and believes that ethics in business and leadership are crucial to success in business. We loved that a few years ago, Lindsay went against the grain and outfitted a van, which she was able to travel the U.S. in in order to live simply and experience more life. I can't wait to get into this conversation. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. What an intro. (laughs) Well, this human Swiss army knife, entrepreneurship, all of that completely, I get, you know, I started my business that I I no longer have. I sold it a few years ago when we made our whole transition, but I started mine in college too. Sure. So I can completely resonate with all of that, but (laughs) we loved reading your whole story. We loved 
your whole journey. And I wish we had hours and hours to talk to you, but we don't. So we're going to just get to it. But first of all, we always like to get a mental picture and give our audience a picture of where you're coming to us from. Totally. Right now, I am right outside of New York City. Just moved here. I've spent most of my life in Rhode Island and just made the move to New York. Yay. That's exciting. We love New York City. So now I have a mental picture. Now our audience, I mean, I can see you, but our audience cannot. But now we got the picture. We like to have a good idea. So, okay, let's start with human Swiss army knife. So I know (laughs) as an entrepreneur, you almost have to be, Sure. but I would love to know, is that because you're adaptive to just about anything? Is that, you know, all of the skills that you have or where does that nickname come from? Sure. That nickname came back probably 2015, 2016 or so. I like you had said, started my first business called Level Exchange during college. And Level Exchange at the time was an online platform based in Rhode Island. And the goal was to match make between local musicians and local bars, coffee shops, restaurants. We were looking at musicians and artists more as this vehicle for economic development, not just this stereotype of a poor, starving artist. It was, right. you know, the artists are, are coming, they're bringing people to an establishment, whatever establishment it was, Rhode Island, Providence alone had 300 plus restaurants. So it was a really great place to experiment and to test this out. And so through that, I had the experience of being involved in the local music industry. I hesitate to say music industry because it's a music scene. It wasn't a big Mm. industry like New York City or like Los Angeles or what's developing or has been developing down in a place like Austin. And so Mm -hmm. I realized very quickly that I had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and was okay enough to admit that. And so I started doing some research. I am a pretty nerdy anthropology undergrad. And so research was a big thing, especially during college, like you said. And so I started reaching out to managers of artists that I really admired, thinking, well, obviously I can learn something from them. One of the artists had a show coming up at House of Blues in Boston. And so I reached out and I said, hey, I had studied photography from the time I was a kid up until college and went to art school and then dropped out and used my thought process was that I could use photography to get my foot in the door. So use the strength, get the foot in the door and then ask the questions about music. So I emailed and this artist, he was a young kid at the time, early 20s, maybe not much older than I. So I reached out to the manager and I said, hey, you know, I'm in Rhode Island. I'm a big fan. I would love to take photos at the show. You know, of course, I'll do it for free, like whatever it takes. Just please pay attention to me. Right. And so I sent that email and I didn't hear anything back. And then I sent it again and I didn't hear anything back. And I won't disclose how many times I sent the email, but about a month, <laughs> about a month later, I got a call and I will never forget. I answered the phone. I said, hello. I said, hello. I was like, oh, this isn't good. Is this Lindsay? Uh-huh. This is Kevin. This is George's manager. I said, oh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and then just panic, just full on panic. I was right. like, okay. And I will never forget. He just stopped and he straight up. He just said, what the do you want? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And then he got some amusement out of it because he did keep me on the phone for probably an hour in which he explained wow. to me, I thought that since this musician was a young kid that his manager was probably, you know, his college roommate or something. They were buddies. <laughs> they're both chilling. I don't know what I thought. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so my assumptions were very wrong because then this man explained to me, 
that he was nearly 70. He lives out in LA. He has his own entertainment company. He was vice president of Live Nation. And literally, like, what the hell do I want from this man? <laughs> right. <laughs> so oh I was just shocked and stunned. And I was like, oh, man, this is wild. So anyway, fast forward post probably a year after that conversation, he had mentioned, he had said, you know, we don't need you go away. <laughs> but if you're ever in LA, you are persistent at least. So let me know if you're ever in town. And I ended up going to that show at House of Blues, ended up getting in through one of the back doors. He ended up being there. It just added to this pretty hilarious situation and just funny, funny what? banter relationship that we had. <laughs> So then probably a year after that, he called me and he said that the artist that I just really loved and adored, he needed some help on a project. And was I interested in collaborating? And obviously I said yes before even thinking about it. Sure. And after working together for a bit, one of the tasks that I had was finding a tour bus for this artist to go on the road for Vans Warp Tour when they RIP, when they used to uh -huh, uh -huh. And so I'm doing my research. I don't know how the hell to find a tour bus. Found a tour bus. And that bus happened to have I think it was 12 beds. And so I got a note. Hey, you know, we've been having a blast together. We got an extra spot on the bus. Why don't you just come? I mean, if you're free this summer, why not? It'd be easier to work together. It's like, uh, yep. And so like my fingers responded before I could even process what the opportunity was. So I end up on Van's Warp Tour and I was just like, oh, this is why my parents never let me come to this growing up. Got it. Right. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is a lot. And so then... During that, it was probably a week or so in, and this was a two, three month tour. It's pretty long. Uh -huh. And the tour manager ended up leaving and they were like, well, human Swiss army knife, you can do it. You're here. You're organized. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I can do that. And that was my trial by fire into the tour managing. <laughs> so oh my gosh. Post that tour, I was like, well, if I can do that, I can I definitely handle anything. Yeah. <laughs> but so, that, oh my that God. really, that, that switched up. Yeah. That's when the nickname started, but that also being on that tour opened up my eyes to the broader music industry and made, it had this click moment of, oh, there's not a talent difference necessarily between the local artists that I've been working with and these nationally touring acts. But we have photographers, we have videographers, we have engineers who are following us around all the time. We look right. incredible online, in print, whatever it was. And so when I came back to Rhode Island after that tour, we pivoted the entire business model of Level Exchange and ended up opening up a co-working and a production space. So rather yeah. than matchmaking with photographers and videographers and engineers, or excuse me, we started matchmaking with photographers and videographers and engineers rather than bars and coffee shops and restaurants. Because it was less about getting a couple hundred extra dollars for a gig and more about how do you provide these artists with a solid piece of content that they can use as their portfolio so that they can grow and grow faster. You know what I've realized? What's that, Jer? People think that when the temperatures cool down that you don't need to drink as much water. Dehydration can happen any time of year. Drinking water is important year-round. It's easy to stay hydrated with Liquid IV. Absolutely. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier. It's a powder in a packet, so you can take them with you wherever you go. It's an electrolyte mix that you just add to your water. It delivers two to two and a half more hydration than water alone. So many flavors to choose from, too. Grape, tropical punch... 
guava, passion fruit, strawberry. Okay, okay. Liquid IV has a ton <laughs> of flavors. There is something for everyone. If you want your water to work harder for you, you should definitely try Liquid IV. And for our listeners, if you go to their website, liquid-iv.com, and use code Arner Adventures, you can save 15% and get free shipping. We'll link it in the show notes too. Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. And so is Level Exchange still in business or is that? It is not, unfortunately. Okay. okay. So, okay. Gosh, I have so many questions. <laughs> all right. So the first of all, I'm thinking when you were on this tour and, you know, they called you Human Swiss Army enough, obviously, because they did feel like you could do anything. <laughs> were you sort of like, fake it till you make it. I'm going to figure this out. Mind over matter. Or did you really believe you were just really confident and said, yeah, I can totally do all this. I don't think the confidence necessarily was there. And it depends on the day, whether or not that exists. Yeah. <laughs> Currently. Yeah. Like all of us. <laughs> but I think what it was, was having studied photography for so long and I studied people and portraits and then going into anthropology and going into ethnography, it was a lot of time being around people and observing okay. people. And so my observation skills are on like a creepy level. And so... <laughs> So being on the tour for that first you know, week, 10 days or so before everything hit the fan, that was really like, okay, I know what needs to be done so I can figure it out. Right. So when you came back and, you know, I'm thinking about everything you said about the business where you were in level exchange, I'm thinking how great that would have been during COVID. Totally. Especially because artists were struggling and, you know, live music and all of that. Definitely. So do you mind talking about how and why that ended? Yeah. So Level Exchange, unfortunately, came to a close. I, like I said at the top, I'm from Rhode Island. I'm a overly proud Rhode Islander and chose <laughs> to run my business there because I really believed in Rhode Island as a state. I believed in Providence and Pawtucket as cities, as some of the largest cities within the state, and really just loved the community and the people and everything. And I'm from there. And so that gave me a really big sense of pride and of joy. And so to a fault, and I was very stubborn when it came to fundraising. And so when um. I realized that we were going to be opening up this physical space, I knew, I mean, everything, I mean, it's probably even worse now, but at the time, the startup world was really exploding into whatever beast that it is now. And it was very mm -hmm. much, you have to fundraise and you have to move fast and you have to break things. And it's all of these tropes that I think now are bullshit, but. Right, right. <laughs> but at the time, especially as a young college kid, I was like, man, like we got a fundraiser. We're not a startup and we have to grow exponentially in this hockey stick growth and all these things. And so yeah. I got caught up in that and I started reaching out to anyone and everyone that I knew that my network wasn't, you know, high net worth individuals. <laughs> But if I reach out to enough people, I was like, somebody's got to know somebody that knows somebody that can we can move this forward. And right. so I ended up getting connected to somebody through a career center who I was introduced that they were a friend who said, yeah, like they might be interested in this project. OK, great. Pitched them. They were super enthusiastic, ended up securing. They led the round of funding, secured funding, built out the space. And then the day before the launch it was made clear that the motivation behind the investment was not because of business or because of a business idea, but more of a personal interest that was very inappropriate. And so unfortunately, that 
was the demise. And then that turned into a very manipulative and very terrible oh, situation. And yeah, that definitely, I mean, it turned everything upside down. It without a doubt rocked the boat for me and rocked my entire world. And so post that it became, the business was open probably for a year after that. And during that time, it was opening and running the business, but also doing the litigation on these different unfortunate circumstances and attempting to separate and finagle that. And unfortunately, that did lead to the closure of the business. And I think what the biggest mental gymnastics game of the whole thing was because I started it so young and that was the only thing that I had done for mm-hmm. six years, that was my identity and that was who right. I was. And so when that closed, I was like, man, this is it. Like no one likes me. No one wants to be friends with me. It's yeah. all about the business. And so it took a yeah. lot. I mean, it took a long time. It took a lot of therapy and a lot of conversations with really phenomenal friends and mentors and advisors to get back on my feet and to realize, oh, no, like you did this. Yes, you had people help you. And yes, the business was something that attracted people. But what kept them there was relationships that you had built. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. Again, I've learned this through a lot of therapy and a lot of experience. (laughs) There's a lot of entrepreneurs who, you know, start businesses and they don't work out. And they will start another business and they don't work out. And then they find their success or totally what they find as their success as finally being happy and finally realizing Yes, this is what all of that was meant for. So exactly. You probably know this now that just because the business didn't work out, of course, does not mean that you are the person that, you know, it's, it's not your identity. Exactly. And I think so much of the time, too, we talk about on here and with a lot of our guests, especially those who sort of go out of the norm, which we're mm-hmm. getting ready to get into more, is that so many times people, and I can't stand the question now and I don't even answer it anymore. I go into something else is when someone says, well, what do you do? Ugh. What do you do for a living? Right. Or what? That's not even I, worth I it. Stand it. I'm like, that is not who I am. Totally. I'm not what I do for money or right. to pay bills or whatever. Exactly. It's more about, you know, who you are and the life that you have created for yourself. Exactly. So yeah. So it sort of spawns into this whole mindset thing that I love about you. And I love the things that we have read, like on your social media platforms and all of that. But that also gets us into the cost of status quo, Yeah, which we talked a little bit in the intro before you came on, but I want to get into more of that. And the cost of status quo offers writing workshops and videos on approaching life. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us What inspired you to create the cost of status quo? I think we have a pretty good idea, but (laughs) if you can get more into that and tell us more about the cost of status quo. Yeah. So the cost of the status quo started out a couple of years ago. Originally, the idea was around the notion of just show up. That was kind of, that was the motto. It was like, no matter what, no matter how you know, bummed out you are, no matter how frustrated you are, it was, I always was able to find some sort of internal motivation to go have a cup of coffee with a new person or go to a networking event or figure out a way to, even when I'm just like, everything sucks and everything, (laughs) everything is everything and (laughs) being able to lift yourself up and go out and show up. And I started doing a lot of writing around that and had gotten connected with this amazing woman 
who's a phenomenal writer, and started brainstorming with her about this idea. She pushed back a lot on this idea of just show up. And so I started thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? It's way more than that. It's not just about physically showing up. You can physically show up anywhere. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's more about being present. And it's more about being confident in your abilities and really, truly going against the grain to put yourself out there and buck the status quo in that way. Right. And so she pushed me and she said, I think it's way more about this cost of what the status quo is. I think that's really what's pissing you off. (laughs) I said, "Mm, I think you're right. And so (laughs) off of that, started doing a ton of writing and then realized, wow, all of these stories, both good, bad, ugly, and different, have all come from these different experiences that I've been fortunate enough to have in these different conversations that I've been able to have with people. And so we have writing, we have workshops, we're doing a couple of different retreats that are going to be coming up over the next few years. And off of that, then similar to you started a podcast and that launches in a couple of weeks, which is super exciting. And so all of that comes down to, okay, it's great that I get the benefit of sitting in coffee shops (laughs) all the time and having these really incredible conversations in this exchange or exchange of knowledge, but mostly people teaching me. (laughs) And that helps me. And maybe it'll help you if I happen to cross paths with you or something like that. But I think that there was a much larger opportunity to start to show in a mainstream way that, hey, you know, I've probably recorded about 20 episodes. That's at least 20 people who are also going against the grain, who also have tips and tricks, who also have things that they want to share. So if we can spread that message similar to what you're doing, obviously, Mm -hmm. that's the point. And so I think the more that we can begin to change and start to change the tide in that way, that's the goal. So listen, we're probably not the first to introduce you to the topic of CBD or CBD oil. If you're anything like us, it seems like every time you turn around, you're seeing a neon sign for CBD sold here at your local grocery store in a window as you're driving by or it flashes across your screen in an online ad. Shannon's sister told us about the benefits she was having from a brand she was using, and then we started paying attention to that brand. Spoiler alert, that brand is Danodan. Full transparency, we get about two to three CBD brands reaching out to us every week. And it wasn't until we started digging into the research that we learned that CBD isn't always CBD. They're just not all the same. Danadan Hemp Works makes organic hemp flower infusions. They're more than just CBD. Danadan's range of hemp products dissolve easily into any liquid and support your routine by helping you manage daily stress, promote healthy sleep, provide caffeine-free energy, and recover from activity-related stiffness and soreness. They also have CBD hemp flower infusion specifically designed for pets, and Betty White uses it every day. She loves it. We put it on our food. And with Danodan, you'll enjoy all the benefits of legal hemp, not just one or two compounds isolated in a lab. Get 20% off right now with the code ADVENTURE at danodan.com. We'll link it for you in the show notes. That's 20% off right now with the code ADVENTURE at danodan.com. Danodan, more than just CBD. 100%. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I love that you said when you're learning from other people, because I mean, that's what this podcast is about. That's what we call the interview series, Spark in Our Lives, because when we bring someone on like you, it is really like, oh my gosh, this person's journey is a spark in our life. It always sounds like a soap opera and it's, you know, but I felt like we were always saying that this person's a spark. This person really is a spark in our life. Let's talk to them. 
you totally. learn so much mm. when you just listen and when you're just willing to open your brain Definitely. to someone else's experience. And I think, again, the whole norm, I'm using my finger quotes, the norm <laughs> of what people think, you know, you should be doing in society. Mm -hmm. When you go outside of it, it's always amazing to me that people have no problem telling you that's weird or <laughs> whatever. And then I've learned through these conversations, right. gosh, no, there's a whole group of us that sure did are. not, yeah, that did not decide totally to follow that whole quote unquote norm. And, exactly. you know, so I love, love, love that. I love <laughs> all of that that you For said. Sure. I'm like, you know what's weird? The fact that you're sitting inside from right. nine to five every day. That every seems day. pretty weird. <laughs> That's right. weird. I don't know. I just, like I had said before we started recording, I've been fortunate enough to travel a lot and not just for work, but for pleasure and just for adventure. And that's it. When I do those things and I'm traveling, even if it's going for a walk, it yes. travel is anything to me that's point A to point B. It doesn't have to be far. It doesn't have to be wide. It doesn't have to be around the world and back, but it's just that opportunity to look at things differently. And that's when I feel most alive. And so to work a job or to have something that pays the bills that is like weighing you down. Absolutely yeah. not. It's not worth it. It's just not. I'd rather struggle more and just have the bills paid than mm. be making a lot of money. I mean, that's what happened to us is that our business was very successful, mm. but we were burned out and couldn't even, I mean, our health was deteriorating, our mental health was deteriorating and then burnout happened. So totally. yes, I mean, and maybe those people just haven't been through that and Hey, right. great. I'm glad they have it. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about now the travel and the van. Yes. So a few years ago, you got a van traveled the U S sure. What inspired you to do this? What impact did it have on your life? Again, mm -hmm. I think we probably know too, but I want to hear it from you. Like what was this about and how can we start? <laughs> Yeah, without a doubt. After Level Exchange was winding down, coming to a close, and I had an opportunity to go on a bigger tour with a K-pop artist, which was super, super exciting. I had worked yeah. primarily in hip hop. And so this was a different genre, different group of people and everything. And it was a cross-country tour. And obviously I said, yes. I was like, what else is there to do? Because right. I can either sit home and be sad and lick my wounds or I can we can get back out there. And so yeah. after that, said yes, hit the road. And when I was on the road, I was like, this is it. Like, I love doing this. I love being on the road. I love problem solving. I love meeting new people. I love meeting, encountering new places. And so I called my housemate and I've had other, not close friends, but I had known other friends who had converted vans and other people who were very nomadic and other people who had left the United States and moved abroad, friends, family, et cetera. And I called my housemate and I said, hey, just so you know, like I'm not going to be back from tour for probably another month, but also I need you to find a new housemate and <laughs> I'm not coming back and we're going to have to figure this out. And she was not surprised since she lived with me for a long time. So she's seen it all. Right. <laughs> she's seen it all. And so when I got back from that tour, I had basically knocked down the dominoes. I had said, Hey, get a new roommate. Hey, I bought this van. Hey, I'm converting this. See you later. Goodbye. And we got back February 27th of 2020. And so obviously we know what happened in March of 2020. Right. right. <laughs> so I was like, well, I mean, what safer place is there than 
in a van by yourself. I mean, you know, we obviously didn't know what was going on with the pandemic or anything like that. And so hit the road. And at that time, because things were still unsettled and really but kind of scary at that at that point in time, spent a lot of time basically in friends and family driveways because I was like, if something is really going to go wrong, like what do we do? Attempting to mitigate some sort of risk. And so that was a lot. And then over time, once things kind of started to even out, then I started traveling more and I just headed west. And it was funny because a lot of folks who are in the van life community do it to escape cities and they do it to escape people and they just want to be out. They want to be in nature and they want to do all these things. And I love all of those things, but it was hilarious because the habits and the practice that I had and the experience that I had were all cities because on tour you go to New York and then you go to Boston and then you go over to Albany and then you keep just heading West. And so I followed a similar tour route and found myself in a lot of cities, which they were completely empty because of the pandemic, but it was just funny (laughs) having that experience being like, okay, you know, most people are posted up in the woods or at a national park and we're here. (laughs) We are in Chicago and I'm parked outside my you know, my friend's apartment or (laughs) colleague's house, whatever it was. So it was really, really interesting. And I think that's, I mean, it's changed my perspective completely. And even though there were some interesting times, and I think the business that started at that time and then came to a screeching halt Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic was a mobile app that made going places easy and safe for diverse travelers. It was called Vanter. And I started that because I knew if I didn't rip the Band-Aid off after level exchange, I yeah. w- probably wasn't going to do it again because it sucked right. and I was scared and hurt and just all sorts of not feeling sure. great. Sure. And so dove into that. And that was created because the amount of times that I've been on tour with very, very diverse groups, primarily black and brown folks, the amount of times that I can walk into a hotel, a bar, a coffee shop, a restaurant, wherever on tour and be greeted very nicely, especially at hotels. Yeah. Oh, sweetie, do you want like, here's a free drink ticket. Here, do you need this? Like, do you need extra towels? Whatever it is. And then all of a sudden I've got a dozen black men with me. Yeah. And then the dialogue is, sweetie, do you need help getting away from them? Oh. Like, mm, that's not it. And then right. my, per- my personal life, my partner is Afro-Latina. My daughter is black. And so we can't go anywhere without getting looked at sideways. And so that unfortunate feeling and ickiness was the goal of that app. And it, again, it came to a screeching halt, travel came to a screeching halt, but it gave me enough of the startup juices again to be able to be willing to put myself out there in that way. But then on, on tour, it, not on tour, on on my own tour, on the van tour. (laughs) (laughs) Your own van warped tour. (laughs) Yeah, right? That was super, super interesting because there were so many times that, I mean, I was by myself. And so I'm alone and I'm sitting on a river, literally down by the river, in, (laughs) can't tell you how many times I heard that joke, Uh, in in Montana. No one bothers me. I'm a small, you know, petite blonde girl. Nobody knows that I'm queer nobody knows that I'm Jewish nobody knows anything about me and so I get the head nod or the wave and this was 2020 so this was height of the election season as well and so I remember there was one time where I pulled over and I was like wow I found a spot I thought I had found Narnia I was like this is amazing and I'm walking around and there was this beautiful little like pond and I was like this is just so great and I was like you know what I'll just stay here tonight like parked and whatnot and then I went for a walk I turned a corner (laughs) It was just this huge, probably like 
I know what you're going to say. Eight by like 25 banner in this man's yard. Oh, God. And it was Trump's head or it was Trump's head, Arnold Schwarzenegger's body and like assault rifle. (laughs) And it was, of course, it was like, make America great again. And I was just kind of standing there and I was like, damn, you know, (laughs) like, what do I do with that? I I can't, I can't sleep here. That's not safe. No cell service, no nothing. And again, like it's the privilege of appearing the way that I appear, not having my daughter with me, not having my partner with me, not having my loved ones around me. That allows me that opportunity. But either way, it was like, this is probably not a great idea. And so kept it moving and slept somewhere else that night. But wow, that dichotomy was always top of mind the entire time that I was in the van for that whole year. I mean, especially when you're telling me when you were doing this, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I mean, that's when, I don't know, I can speak for myself. I wasn't even so much, I don't want to say I wasn't fearful of the whole COVID, the pandemic. Of course I was. We were all in fear. But I think that I was more in fear of what's happening with our country. Where do I need to leave to to get to Mexico or Canada or somewhere? 100%. 100%. So thinking about being in the van during that time and then seeing that, yes, I would have hightailed <laughs> it to that van as quick as I could and <laughs> gotten yep. out of there. Kept wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. So a typical day during that time, did you spend most of your days driving to the next spot and then trying to settle down before dark mm. and then sleep kind of like if you're camping or like what yeah. was that like I think it's quite a bit like camping I think the other funny part about it too was that because of the music industry I have been fortunate enough to meet people in a lot of these major cities and so sure. I think that was an underlying confidence booster as well knowing yeah. you know if shit really hit the fan something terrible really really awful happened there was someone within at least a couple of hours that would probably be willing to come and help me out <laughs> yeah or you were able to get someone's driveway too yeah which was nice yeah exactly exactly be able to do laundry be able to take a shower and again yeah. with the added layer of the pandemic it was just this added layer of a little bit nerve-wracking so it was like yes you can stay in the driveway yes you can use the hose can you come inside I don't know wear a mask wear a hazmat suit like what are we gonna do <laughs> and so it was interesting but I was able to maneuver my way across the country, meeting a lot of different folks that I had met over the years and connected with them. It was a blast. And I think the best and worst parts about it are the problem solving. It's because like you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to get whatever's going to go wrong. And I think that (laughs) for such a on the outside, a chaotic or messy or turbulent situation, that's the least anxious I ever felt was being in the van because it's my, you know, my monkey mind is able to focus on the tasks that need to be done. So it's like, okay, I need to figure out like, where am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? Where am I going to shower? Where am I going to do laundry? Where like all of these basic tasks took up a lot of brain space. So there wasn't a lot of time to freak out or to panic or to be anxious about whatever it is that we as humans are always nervous or anxious or (laughs) anxiety. about. Right. So, so where is the van now? I sold it. Yeah. I did. I did. Yeah. I want a new one without a doubt. But the van that I built was, I had built that in the beginning of the relationship that I have now with my partner. And so that okay. was like, it was very much tailored to me and I'm very short. And uh-huh. so it's great for a short single person, not yeah. for two people. 
and sure. and my daughter. But it is we have gotten I've worked with several different companies that are van life related and they have really, really fancy tricked out vans. And yeah. we've taken those. We took one last summer. We took one this summer and spent a lot of time in it. So if you have a big enough van, it's totally possible. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I just love that whole. <laughs> oh, OK. So how did you move from tour managing to then creating your own company now? Like, how did mm. you get from there to here? I think I'll always do tour managing if someone asks. Just okay. I, I do really love it. I don't want to do tours that are you know, months and months at a time just because I don't want to be away from family for that long. But I did a tour in November. That was a couple of weeks and that was great. So that's more of my side hustle, as, uh-huh. as the kids say, is tour uh-huh. managing, like when asked. And then in terms of work now, I've been doing mostly business development work. And yeah. I think it's pretty funny now because I'm just like, okay, well, here's all of the lessons from all of the ass kickings that I've received over the yeah. last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make sure that your company doesn't do that. <laughs> and so it's formed the strategy. And I think the powerful part of it, I think one of the things that I believe in most is that diversity is what drives innovation. And so the more diverse people, the more diverse experiences, the more anything that you can do that's outside of the box and put those pieces together. That's where I think the magic happens and the cool stuff happens. And so that's what I've been having a blast with now. And the reason why I love partnerships so much is, you know, I work with an industrial design firm and they're just a friend of mine started that and another friend of mine works there. And so I've gotten to dip my toes into the industrial design space, but then that also helps with all of my friends in the startup realm who are building hardware products and software products, and then they need an industrial designer. And so they don't know, like, I didn't even know industrial design was a thing until a few years ago. And so being able to put those pieces together, I think, again, that's where a lot of the magic can happen. Is part of what you do also, you know, just being a business consultant for people? I mean, can people contact you? Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Wow. So for someone who may be listening to this, and if they're if they're a long-term listener, you know, we love always talking about mindset. Mindset is, I'm a sociology major, so a little, there we little go. similar to you. So I'm always, <laughs> I always you get it. know how people relate to people. And for me, it's mindset. Look, you may disagree. Some people may disagree. I think mindset for me, is always influenced positively when I hear about someone else's experiences too. And then you can relate and all of that. Some people would say, well, you should be able to have the mindset on your own. You should be able to do it by yourself. Maybe. But for Mm. me, my mindset and the way that Jerry and I love to, again, learn from everyone else is to know about mindset and what keeps them going in those, you know, negative times or whatever. So what advice do you have for someone who may be listening to this, who's trying to break the status quo (laughs) in their own life. And, you know, how can the cost of status quo and everything that you have going on with that, how can that help them impact them in a positive way? That's probably a two part question, but sure. Yeah, we'll dive in. I think most of it comes down to your point, being able to have conversations with other people or listen to podcasts, or read books, or watch, you know, no matter where the information comes from, you're scrolling on Instagram, you're looking on TikTok, whatever it is, if there's something that resonates with you, I think it's the ability to experiment. And I think it's the ability to be open minded. And I think those two things are really what 
in my experience and the people who I admire most, those are the qualities that they have. And so it's not this, I've seen a lot of people who ask a lot of questions and I'm guilty of this in the beginning too. I'm like, well, this mentor said that I should do this. And this mentor said that I should do this. And this guy said I should do this and this and this and this and this. And then all of a sudden it's like, what the, like, how did I get here? This isn't this, like, this isn't it. So I think it's more about taking the time to truly understand yourself and to get quiet and to have those moments of solitude. So you understand where you're at. So then when you're hearing things and you're intaking other information, you can put them through that filter. If you tell me what your daily habits are and your tips and tricks and all of that, and something resonates and I try it out and it works, that's great. But if not, maybe it didn't go through that self filter and that's okay too, because like entrepreneurship doesn't mean, you know, (laughs) You must get up at four o'clock in the morning and you must meditate and you must lift heavy things. And then you must. And it's all of this hustle and grind culture that I fundamentally disagree with. It's more. And I'm a morning person. I love getting up at 5 a.m. I jump out of bed most days. Some days I don't. But most days I do. And I love it. And it's quiet and it's lovely. And I can stretch and I can wiggle around and I've got a weight room. And I love like being physical and being strong as hell, that brings me a lot of joy. So those are things that make me feel confident. But if you don't want to do that, then don't do it. <laughs> right. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. So I think it's being able to have that internal filtration and then not beat yourself up if it doesn't work. Like that's right. okay. So I think it's more of that experimentation of I'm going to test this out. I think it's less about I heard this thing on the internet and I tried it once and it didn't work. Screw that. That doesn't work. But if you truly set it up like a scientific experiment and you say, hey, for the next 30 days, I am going to wake up at such and such a time or I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to drink more water, whatever it is that makes you feel better as a person. And then you build from there. And I think the other part of that, the what we really focus on from the cost of the status quo perspective is truly diving into what is the smallest executable step that you can take that's going to get you closer to the thing that you want to do? So if you have a huge vision, like for you, if you want to have a podcast with a billion listeners and you want to make millions of dollars in ad revenue, whatever it is, you know what I mean? I've got a similar goal. Uh Sponsors, if you're out there listening. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's more so once you get over and it takes a lot of work, but you have to get over that first layer of fear and then you start to do it. And so you have this big vision. And then when you dial it down to this teeny tiny thing, the reality is it's probably about sending an email to someone who has who knows something more than you. So it's like, okay, I know how to send an email. Great. And then for me, I have to write it down. Like if I don't write it down, things don't get done. So it's yeah. like send email to, you know, podcast genius. Great. <laughs> yeah. And just starting there. And it's starting small where you are with what you got and then moving forward from there. And I think it's about being okay when it doesn't work because it's probably not going to work. (laughs) Right. And you you gotta, you know, you gotta keep it moving. We wanted to take a pause for a second to tell you once again about how much we love Sugar Wish. If you're a regular listener, Sugar Wish isn't new to you. You already know how much we adore the fact that we count on Sugar Wish to send gifts to people. Why? Because it's easy. Yes. It's a time saver. Yes. You know the recipient is going to love it because they choose what they want. That's right. And it's not a gift that's going to take up space because it's edible. Yes. What's not to love? You forgot something. What's that? You save money because we have a code to share with our listeners. Oh my gosh, that's right. 
Use code Betty White. That's all caps, one word, Betty White, to save $7 off your gift to someone. We also have the link in the show notes. Yep. Whether you're gifting someone candy, snacks, tea, coffee, wine, or some dog treats to one lucky pup, that code works to save. Sugar Wish always saves the day. Dude, you were talking about the hustle and grind culture. And I remember when we had our business, I, oh my gosh, I just would constantly, you know, respect her hustle on a mug and everything was hustle, (laughs) hustle, hustle, you know, I'm like, yeah, I hustle. Like I hustle harder than anybody else. That is why I am so successful. Like I'm just, meanwhile, I'm just like, I'm telling myself that because I feel shitty. I'm burned out. No one knows that this mug is just like the clown smile face because behind it, I feel like ass. And I want to tell everyone, you know, fuck this. This hustle (laughs) shit is for the birds. And, And I do feel like, you know, have drive and have dedication and motivation. But this respect, I mean, well, I said respect for hustle, but this hustle culture and you know, push through, you know, every time I read something about, you know, be your own boss. And yes, look, I feel I had a guest on who said this, but I totally agree with it. I'm completely unemployable at this point. Like I could never work for someone. Same. I'm not a good employee. I'm a great partner. If you want to do something, you want to get in the weeds, you want to make shit happen. Let's go. When I get told what to do, it's not cute. Right. It's not cute. And I think to your right. point about like this hustle grind culture, it's also we're missing a lot, in my opinion, of nuance, the ability mm. to detect the difference because there's so much noise on social media and you can go on there and someone can have millions and followers and millions of likes and millions of whatever it is. And that's lovely. But why? Right. (laughs) And how does that correlate in the real world? I mean, I've worked with a lot of artists and they've got millions of followers and they can't sell 50 tickets in a room. So where's the value there? And where is Mm. where are you actually building those relationships and where are you finding what matters? And so I think that's that's it, too. And it's how are you defining success for you? If I can work for myself and make X amount of dollars and pay my bills, sounds good to me. Do I need like what is truly the purpose of and some people, I mean, there's a lot of more altruistic people out there who can make gazillions of dollars and they give back and they're philanthropic and they make the world a better place. And then there's other people who just make and make and make and produce and produce and produce and they take and then that's it. And so it's more so I think it's identifying and taking the steps. And that's another thing we do with cost of the status quo is going through and truly identifying what your values are and then Mm. building from there. Because if you can identify five things that are most important to you, and then when you were encountering an opportunity or a relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship or a business relationship, if it doesn't pass the filter of those five values, then maybe it's not the thing. And you can say no. And I had a mentor, this incredible woman, (laughs) it was a rough day. And she took me and she said, Lindsay, do you know what no stands for? And of course, this is in, in this specific circumstance. Not This cannot be applied across the board. Right. In this circumstance, she said, do you know what no stands for? Said, no. No stands for new opportunity. Get your ass up. Let's go. Wow. Like, 
Okay. And so when you put that in the context of business, primarily of entrepreneurship or some sort of endeavor like that, it is okay. Whether you're saying no to an opportunity or you're saying no to a customer, a client, whatever it is, or you're being told no, that can Mm -hmm. be a new opportunity. What Mm -hmm. space is it creating? And you have to, you have to create space to take up space. Right. There's always so many nuggets on on all these conversations. And I love that. I mean, you've had way more, but I love the no new opportunity. I love that. You had a post on your Instagram feed and I think it may have been a quote from someone else, but the fact that you posted it, that was when we sort of were like, yeah, she's definitely our people is when you, it said that self-care isn't just the solution to burnout, but Mm. us all caring for each other is the Mm. solution. And I just, oh, I can think about that in so many ways. I think about, you know, how people, you can feel, talking about social media, you can feel so happy about something. And, you know, if you put it on social media and, you know, the positives can be great, but then there's these negative Mm. shitty comments that will make you feel really shitty. And then you say, why am I placing my value on these people? And then I get to the bigger thing. Why are we all not just caring for each other? Why are we not? And I know that's probably a little kumbaya, but Hey, I'm with it. The kumbaya, the woo woo, give it all. Right. I think that yes, self-care is great. And you should definitely practice self-care. It's something I'm always working on. But wouldn't the bigger picture be if we all just really cared for each other and, you know, not to completely bring this down, but I'm just sort of making a point. Sure. When someone is very low Mm -hmm. and may have, you know, instances of suicide rates and someone who either attempts or takes their life later you always say, gosh, if more people had just shown them that they cared, or if more people had just asked how they were doing. And I think about that worst case scenario, but I think about it with burnout and with all of the things that you can have going on in your life. And it really does come down to that. Like, why don't we just take better care of each other? It does. I think to your point, self-care is super important and self-care can be, however, again, however you want to define it. And that's okay. For me, I know that I feel best when I get up a little bit earlier than everyone else in my house. Mm -hmm. I can have a couple of minutes. I write some things down that are making me nervous. I have my coffee ritual. I have a mild coffee obsession. And by Mm -hmm. mild, I mean extreme. And so (laughs) with that, doing those things, if I can wiggle around in the morning, whether it's, you know, a solo dance party in the kitchen, jumping up and down, jump roping, running, yoga, whatever it is, by the time that my partner and little one get up, I can be mom of the freaking year. Yeah. If I don't do that, I'm not great. <laughs> yes. They know it. I know it. Everyone knows it. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's that ability to put yourself first in those circumstances. And then from there, I think it's like you said, it's just letting people know that you care. I personally, I love, 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 love. Thank you notes. And mm-hmm. so those for me, like selfishly makes me feel good, but it's a good selfish. And yep. then- with that other person, they know, hey, that was freaking awesome. Thank you for that. I really yeah. appreciate that. And I think those little things over time are really what adds up. It does. Okay. Well, let's get to your fast five questions. Ooh, let's do it. These, <laughs> these are questions that, you know, this or that sort of tailored for you. 
just helps okay. us get to know who you are a little bit better. I'm ready. Okay. Number one, van under the stars or a five-star hotel. Oh, van under the stars. Okay. Come on. <laughs> All right. Number two, go for a run or relax in a hammock. Yeah. Go for a run. Especially in, in my life. Yeah. We still got to work that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Number three. And Jerry came up with this one. I thought it was brilliant, especially with your line of work. The intimacy of live music and a small venue like a bar mm. or the impact of a large stadium show. Now, small shows all the way. If I could host, you know, daily shows in my living room or my backyard, mm. game over. I totally agree. The intimacy of that, you can't be, there's a lot of energy in large stadium shows, of course. Sure. And I love that too. Like when you go to a concert, but yeah. I love the intimacy of a little exactly. show, a little live show. Exactly. Okay. Number four, vacation or staycation? Mm. Oh, that's so hard. That's so hard. Vacation though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then number five, Jerry thinks this is the best way to get to know someone. Ketchup or mustard? Ooh, ketchup. Oh, that was quick. Yeah, that's easy. Okay. That's easy. I don't know what that means, but you know. <laughs> ketchup. Ketchup it is. we're going to do a whole study on this at some point with the we should i mean we can do a yes. whole ethnographic study it's yes. great. <laughs> definitely okay and the most important question that we ask everyone sure. is what does a life well lived mean to you mm. a life well lived to me means peace that's it wow just being able to to have that, I think peace for me to elaborate a bit further would be defining it as comfort, no matter where you are, whether you're, yeah. you know, in mm -hmm. the concert venue, outside the concert venue, in the mountains, wherever you are, just being able to be comfortable and confident in your own self. That's powerful. I love that. Oh gosh, Lindsay, this has been so great. <laughs> would you please tell our audience where they can find you, how they can get involved in the cost of the status quo and yes. get more information about all of it? Absolutely. Yeah. My Instagram handle is just at Lindsay, Lindsay Lerner, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-L-E-R-N-E-R. -E -E and same thing, lindsaylerner.com. And DMs are open. Emails are open. Those are easy ways to track me down. And then the cost of the status quo does have its own website as well. And that's just cost of the status quo.com. Same thing for the Instagram handle. Okay. We're going to link all of that down in the show notes. I'm sure there's going to get a lot of people who are interested. And, I hope so. I mean, we're interested. We might go ahead and get involved in that cost of the status quo. <laughs> <Let's go>. Yes. <laughs> we'll definitely have podcast to come out. That's yes, exciting. I can't wait. We'll have more conversations for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was just a pleasure. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I feel like after all of these conversations, we're always like, wow. And, you know, you came home, you weren't able to make the conversation recording, but you have just now finished it. And so I kind of watched it again with you. But that was impactful, right? Well, it was. And I think especially, I seem to say it all the time, we haven't had <laughs> one quite like that yet. Yeah. And what's really been kind of cool and really carried us through 50 you know, 40 short, well, yeah, or close to 50. Close episodes. to 50. You know, yeah. It's like everyone, I think, wow, okay, that's unique compared to the others. And this was no exception. No, no. I think there were so many takeaways from this. Gosh, I think the biggest one for me, and I always say things when people surprise me with the way that they pivot and the way that Lindsay pivoted when her first business 
you know, didn't work out the way she'd planned. And you always say, well, gosh, I don't know what I would do. Well, first of all, I don't think, you know, we've mentioned on here before that we ended up selling our business, but it definitely did not end up the way that we planned. You know, yeah. I want to make sure it's mm. clear that when we say we sold our business, it's not like we're rolling in dough. <laughs> you <laughs> right. know, at that point, we were so burned out, we were ready to give it away. We were. So it was yeah. enough to cover costs. It, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Mentally, I don't know about that. But anyway, being an entrepreneur takes, you know what, to say it takes guts, blood, sweat, and tears. It really does. It takes your blood. It takes your sweat. It takes your tears. And yet it's all worth it. It is. There's never any regrets from us. I think yeah. day to day you go, wow, this just things just keep coming at you sometimes. But it always seems to be an adventure for us and as yeah. it is for her. As it is for her, the yeah. van life experience. And I yeah. love thinking about how we were all, oh no, we gotta, you know, can't go outside, can't do this. It was a scary time. And yet she is out in the van living her best life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sure she encountered some situations that might not have been the most ideal, but yeah. overall, she was living her best life. At that point, she sure was. Yeah, to go out like that. And I mean, she was probably safer than most of us out I know. in the open air. I know. Just keep those windows down and yeah. <laughs> air, air flowing, fresh air. Fresh, fresh air. air yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, I say she was living her best life. She's still living her best life. So, yeah. How great. So excited to, you know, tune into episodes of her own podcast and just keep learning from Lindsay along the way. Indeed. Well, if this episode resonated with you, or if you know of someone who would benefit from the knowledge from Lindsay, we would love it if you would share it. As always, you can find us at arneradventures.com on Instagram at arneradventures, also linked in the show notes. So until next time, enjoy the journey that you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>